0: Hola, hola, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sasong y Corazón. We are officially, I don't know, what is it, a month deep into season two, and we're starting the conversation this month of March on Women's History Month and celebrating all the women and those who identify as such and all the femmes out there because we deserve to be celebrated. And to help kick things off, I have Hannah-Teresa with me. Hannah-Teresa, can you introduce yourself, please?
1: Hola, hola, hola. My name is Hannah-Teresa Park, and I love describing myself by the values that guide my life. I would say I am love. I am impact, I'm honesty, playfulness, and curiosity. So that's who I am. Uh, What I do is I'm a social entrepreneur and the founder of a community called Mujeres del Futuro. Oh my gosh, I love that.
0: I have never heard anyone introduce themselves like that, and I am obsessed. I love (laughs) that so much. (laughs) (laughs) i love that um thank you so much for being here with me today i'm such a fan and just so excited that we just crossed paths um and this ended up being where we come together i could not think of a better way to to have a conversation with you so i appreciate you being here with me today um i always start basically the same way um, in terms of these conversations because of the theme of this podcast is mental health. So can you open up and tell us a little bit about your personal mental health journey?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for creating this space where we can have these brave and vulnerable and courageous conversation. I'm so grateful that you have created this uh, for all of us. Um, my personal mental health journey, I think, where I can remember where it distinctly started was when I hit rock bottom. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs>
1: Don't we all? <laughs> yes. I think, um, you know, from an exterior gaze looking into my life, people could have been like, wow, you have such a successful career. You know, you have all this money, reputation, network, you know, from what society would measure it look to like success. Um, But I was navigating very hard uh, showing up fully as who I am. I'm a first generation Asian Latina American immigrant living in the West Coast. um, And it was very troublesome to show fully who I was in all these spaces that I was part of. So at work, you know, only a curated portion of who I was was accepted and celebrated. The other part was mostly hidden. And when I was in my community, only a portion of who I was would show up. So I felt very fragmented and fractured. So even Mm. though I had everything that could be measured as success uh, from societal capitalistic standards. Internally, I felt disconnected, disengaged, isolated, and started to feel invisible with my own self. Um, And that's when I knew I'm not happy. I may have or be doing things that look great, but I am not being fully who I know myself to be and who I believe myself I can be and will be. Yes. Um, and so that disconnect was extremely painful. And the one phrase that I kept repeating when I felt really in that dark place by myself was, I just don't know what I don't know. <laughs> mm. And I said, in order for me to transform what I'm experiencing, I don't think the answer is within what I currently have available within my knowledge or within my being. I just don't know what I don't know. And I don't know how to access all those keys and wisdom and insight that I know I have within me, but I just don't know what I don't know.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so much that comes up. First of all, you showing up with your curated self at work, I feel like is so real and I'm sure so many others resonate, Uh, especially when you have multiple identities um, and marginalized identities at that. Like I I feel like we're always showing up just one piece of ourselves. Um, I certainly resonate with that. I only show like 25% of who Ayana really is, right? When I show up in certain spaces, but you're right. It's a, incredibly lonely and you don't you don't really feel whole when you're moving in that way um so i'm so glad that that you are here now and that you've gotten through that um but i want to dig a little bit deeper like let's talk about the obvious okay so people can't see you but i can see you let's talk about the obvious it's your identities and your intersectionalities. How have you navigated loving yourself, especially after that experience as an Asian Latina? You know, and who are who are you when you're most surprised? Like when you show up, like how how is it that you show up in your fullest self and loving yourself?
1: Yeah. So a little bit about myself as I was born in Korea. um, And at age eight, my parents are global visionaries. So they said, you know, we want our children to be global citizens who are creating impact and contributing. And we want to broaden their perspective. So we packed all our lives into six luggages and moved to San Pedro Sula, Honduras. Um, And I remember (laughs) arriving for the first time and You know, people were speaking to me, yet I couldn't understand what they were saying. And I would speak Korean, but I also knew they couldn't understand anything I was saying. And I felt like I was disconnected for the first time from who I was with the world that was out there. Mm. And one thing that I'm so grateful with my parents is that they definitely put that seed of self-love since i was a kid uh one of the things that really characterizes my father is that he said i will always be my word with my child so he has never broken one promise uh in my entire life uh my mother is an educator so she really instilled this sense of i am whole and complete and absolutely marvelous and divine as i am so as in my home I had this deep understanding and grounding that I am whole and wonderful and divine and it was the first time where I felt a disconnect from how I experienced myself and how the outside world experienced me um mm. and so yeah I think uh you know, when the exterior world is saying you're not Korean enough because you dress in a very Latina way, you speak Korean um, in a way that has an accent, um, your monolid eyes, you're 15. So you graduated from high school. Let us gift you uh, an eyelid surgery because monolid eyes are not. Beautiful, right? And having people that are saying that who I am and the way that I love myself and embrace myself is incorrect and that I'm not Korean enough. And then on the other hand, I'm growing up in Honduras and people are, you know, I always knew in the back of their pocket they had this armor of saying, Regrésate a tu país, go back to Mm -hmm. your country. Or, it is una Chinita, right? I would, I would just be like, yeah. but I'm not Chinese. <laughs> so God, yeah, now I'm Korean. Oh so my gosh. it was this continuous navigating of different worlds that I deeply loved and embraced because it's part of who I am. Because my best friends, my godparents, are all Latina women and Latinos, right? So yeah. having this deep love for spaces that I navigate, yet always also receiving signaling and messages that i'm not korean enough i'm not latina enough and then moving to the united states and being like why do you speak english with a latino accent i'm like i don't know what that is but i don't understand what you're saying so yeah, i was just navigating this narrative that i am not enough when deeply inside of me i knew i am enough and that disconnect um was something that was very hard for me to navigate.
0: Yeah, at first. absolutely. Oh, my goodness.
1: And that really goes to show that even
0: though we come from marginalized identities, our communities can perpetuate some of the very things that we try to fight against uh externally. So, I can I can only imagine the struggle of going through that because I mean, we're very proud people, right? Like we want to represent our cultures so hard, but then it's, it's really, you know, heartbreaking when your own culture, you know, for me, for example, like your hair is too curly, or you're too light, or you're not dark enough, or, you know, I was born here in the States, and I'm not Dominican enough, because I don't speak with a certain accent, right? Like, I'm like, but I just, I love my people. Why are you, you know, making me feel like I don't belong in this space? Um and it's just so deeply ingrained right? I feel like it still happens today especially with you know people with multiple identities it's it's hard to to go back and forth and or feel like this in between right? Like you don't belong in either one because you're not good enough for for either way. Um mm. yeah,
1: that's hard. Yes, it it's is. It's like your very identity hard. doesn't have a home. Mm. Yes. And I think what I truly realized is that I was looking for that home or place to belong
0: externally.
1: I was looking for, you know, the Korean culture and community to say you're Korean enough. I was waiting for my beloved Latino community to say, yes, you're Latina enough. I was waiting for the U.S. community and culture to say, yes, you are a us American enough, right? And it was exhausting. It was tiring. It was never enough. And it was isolating. And when I finally said, you know, I think I'm looking in the wrong place. I think I'm going to define my own narrative um, and find home and a place to belong within myself is when things clicked and started to transform for me. Mm.
0: How did you come to that though? Like what was the moment where you're like, I'm not looking for this externally anymore? I'm gonna look for it within myself. How did you even get to that place? Cause for a lot of people, it's really hard to even get there, right? Let alone go on that discovery and not rely on the external world.
1: Yeah, I think it was just uh having a very brutal look at myself and how I was living and living life. Um you know, emotionally, I was a ticking bomb, right? Anything mm. could really just trigger me and I would lash out or physically my body was like, you are making, you know, work your main identity. You're trying to find home here. And I would have all these ridiculous, allergic reactions and hives breaking out of my body. So everything, all the engines and vehicles of my being, which is my body, my mind, my spirit, my heart was saying, this is not working for you. So I think those were the initial signals that I needed to start a new journey of uh, mm. going inward and towards myself. And then I, I seek for a lot of help and support. You know, I took a lot of like personal development courses, seminars. I studied a lot. I read a lot. I listened a lot. I asked a lot of questions. And I think one of the biggest um, strategies that really helped me was asking myself, what is the story I'm telling myself? And Ooh. I realized the story that I'm telling myself is that I'm not Korean enough, I'm not Latina enough, and I'm not American enough. And I said, you know, if I have the power to tell the stories and shape my own narrative, what if I started telling myself I am? am Korean, and I am Latina, and I am American, and I am enough. What if I started just practicing that? Very hard. It would take me months to <laughs> shift a story to that. But with practice, I realized that my muscle to um, shift my narrative was getting stronger and stronger, and it was becoming easier and easier each time that I practiced. Oh my gosh.
0: I'm You're bringing up a lot of feelings because when I was going through my own version of this journey, I was going against myself a lot. I resisted the signs. I like ignored all the things my body was telling me, right? Like you're <sighs> saying your signs are pointing to, hey, this is probably not the right place you should be doing this. I was having an argument with myself of like, no, but I got to keep going. And you know, like definitely in Like first gen mentality where i like, I've got to work myself to death and I've got to be the yes. perfect mom and the perfect wife and all of this and da, 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 da. even if, you know, my inner self is falling apart, right? Like I was ignoring all of the things and then it was just finally to a point where I was irritable all the time. Like I was more mad, <laughs> just angry <laughs> every mm-hmm. day and just not satisfied with life at all. Um, and I, I had to do the same thing. I'm just like, something's got to give. And so when some of those life things started happening, right, like jobs changing or different opportunities coming and going, I stopped resisting and questioning why and just accepted that it was probably for a reason and it's probably moving me towards a different direction, you know, but that's hard. It took me a long time to come to terms with that, like several years,
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. I have been in this journey for almost a decade of uh, intentionally with intentionality, consciousness and commitment to work on going inward and reshaping and editing my own narrative and beliefs and values that I choose to live with. And, you know, one thing that I realized that was particularly challenging is that I had built an entire career in life that was based on these old beliefs of what you were saying, I got to work myself to my bones, you know, uh, I got to succeed, I want to make sure I make my parents proud and honor their sacrifice, all of the narrative and discourse that's part of being an immigrant and first-gen professional and you know I had a career that was continuously driven by you know racial microaggressions and trauma corporate trauma is what I call it Um, so I knew that I was existing in it within a structure that I had also participated in creating for my life so all of the structures within I which I existed I knew was no longer working so I asked myself well what do I do because I am in this continuous you know race in this hamster wheel going around and around and around and I'm seeking to do something different something more better or different would change my life and I realized like this system that I have per- actively participated and created for my life is not going to sustain the life I dream, desire, and want to make possible for myself. Yeah, And absolutely. that's when I said I have to do something different. And um, so I chose... Um, To quit. (laughs) I pretty much Quit it all. (laughs) I did. But it was not like, you know, those beautiful E, pray love, I'm going (laughs) to mic drop and leave the office. I was very much like a first gen immigrant uh, planner about how I was going to transition and create this new life. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I knew is like, I need new habits. So I said, you know, I am really passionate about sharing with this growth journey. So I said, what if I just made one video a day for 365 days where I share what I'm learning and how I'm reshaping my narrative. And so I did, uh, day 40 to day 60, I cried cause I didn't have the habit or the muscle. I was like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> But once I started doing it, you know, I more women approached and they were like, hey, identify with that story. And I started feeling like I was in community, um, yeah. which then got me to speaking gigs, you know, to people asking, hey, could you do workshops, seminars and a whole entrepreneurial endeavor and initiative was birthed from there. Um mm. And then I said, okay, now I have a potential entrepreneurial journey, but I have to let go of this full-time job. <laughs> so I, I quit. I said, I'm going to go and travel around the world and go even deeper within me so I can build something that honors the people who I want to serve with what I do and with my being.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness.
1: My daughter agrees. By the way, she's yelling in the background.
0: She one thousand percent supports that decision. (laughs) (laughs) She's the ultimate hype person for this podcast. Honestly, (laughs) Um, no, but I, I so desire being able to do what you did. Like after we like first talked about having this conversation, I am now intentionally trying to like. Schedule a, a real sabbatical, right? Like a real Sabbath, um, and and wanting to do all the things and traveling and letting go of some of the things, but that is hard. Like when I first left uh, the federal government, my parents are like, "What? What are you doing? How? What's your plan? Why are you going to leave that?" You, you know. <laughs> so it was really hard to be the you know the really first. And only person to do what I do in the way that I do it. Um, You know, when I myself is struggling, like, okay, I'm gonna move forward with this plan, but I'm not sure if it's gonna work out. And but I know it's good for me. And you know, like weighing all the pros and cons, um, that can that can take a toll. Um, And I had to learn how to take care of myself even in between that. Right? Like, I knew I was on a healing journey, but I got to make sure that I reaffirm myself that it's okay for me to be you know, going out on a limb to to do some of these things that look a little different or may not be just as accessible acceptable um you know for for our families and our cultures, right? Um it can be definitely against the grain, uh so to speak, when you're when you're just like, oh I'm just gonna quit
1: my job. (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's an act of courage. And I also acknowledge that I had a lot of resources and privilege that I I had gathered that allowed me to make that leap. Um, mm-hmm. Not to discredit the courage it does take emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually to say I'm taking that leap of faith. Um, but Absolutely. at the same time, I realized, look, like I've worked with all these incredible, you know, marketing firms and agencies. I have worked with Fortune 100 companies. Like I built a career. There are networks and resources. And I wanted to leverage the work that I had cultivated to now start to serve into creating a structure and life that where I could be my full self. Um, and that's hard to ask from a professional job setting sometimes when they're not designed to provide you the safety to be your full self.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not.
1: It's definitely not the place. (laughs) And so I ask myself, like, can I actually get to a point where I can transform the systems and show up fully? Or am I going to advocate and create a system where I can provide employments and jobs to people and the women that I work with where our culture is redefining where showing up fully yourself is celebrated and Mm. and I can be that channel for transformation through employment if that model doesn't exist and I can't necessarily edit it at the speed I would like to see can I go and create it can I venture out and try it on
0: yeah yeah that shit is scary. Kudos for you.
1: <laughs> oh, it was it, it was scary. I think um, you know, I thought it just sounds so wonderful to be like, I'm gonna quit everything and I'm gonna travel around the world for a year. And it was wonderful, yet what I was not prepared for was the level of healing that would happen during that year of travel. Ooh, talk about it. How did you heal on that
0: on that year of travel?
1: Well, I thought that by just Going to new places and meeting new people, I would be able to find different, you know, information resources, pieces to build my new life. And so I was seeking externally that stimulation and resources to reshape my life. And what I realized when traveling was that I was really with myself because I no longer had to go to a job. I didn't have the network of people or friends uh, that I had back home. So I was really with me and myself (laughs) and my partner. And so there was nothing but to just process like, wow, I am burnt out. Wow. I am physically exhausted. Wow. Mm. There were some things that happened at work that really, truly hurt who I am as a human being, and just getting really honest with myself. Um, And so that it surprised me how much like healing and recovery actually happened during that travel. Oh,
0: yeah. And you know, I think this is why I seek to travel so often. Like I usually, obviously outside of pandemic times, usually travel like several times a year, and I feel so much better because I am able to reflect, right? Like I'm away from the hustle and away from yeah. the other things that are distracting in terms of like, like helping me process certain things. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine like a full or full year just sitting with yourself because there is nothing for else for you to dedicate your time to.
1: <laughs> and it didn't start off like that because when I started the, you know, the hustle culture was just so embedded into the DNA of how I function um, that I realized like when I first started, I was like, no, we're going to do like a travel series. We're going to record, we're going to interview. And I was like interviewing all these amazing entrepreneurs, artists, singers. And I realized like we were just hustling and creating content. And there was a point that was completely a transformative moment when I was in Peru and I was there to go and see the Laguna Humantay and it was like yeah we're gonna hike and it's like really high in altitude so you can barely breathe and for some reason I was like you know I don't really know myself anymore as someone who when I say I can do it I can't because Mm. I betrayed myself for so many years by curating and hiding parts of me that today when I say to myself I believe in myself I don't know if I can fully believe that so I said I am going to hike to Laguna Humantay and Look, I showed up there with my Air Force Ones because I didn't have hiking shoes. I was wearing some, you know, like leggings. I had full glam makeup. I have all eyelashes on. Like, who is this girl trying to be like, I am going to believe in self and I'm going to hike this. And I have not hiked or exercised in the last 10 years. But it was so important to me because I was like, this is that moment that I get to show myself that I can take a step at a time and get to where I say I'm gonna get to. Incredibly yes. tough. I couldn't breathe. I like did like 30 steps and I was like, what did I just say I'm gonna do to myself? <laughs> But, you but know, it was a commitment to yourself to finish. It was a commitment. And what yeah. I realized at that moment was like, you know, I see a beautiful pebble there. I'm going to walk to that pebble. And then I look over and I see a beautiful yellow flower. And I said, I'm just going to walk to that flower. And then I was like, mm-hmm. I see that branch over there. I'm just going to walk to that branch. And I realized, just take one step at a time and you will get there. And halfway yeah. there, I tore off my false lashes. <laughs> my full glam makeup <laughs> is melting as I continue to... <laughs> (laughs) climb. But I got there. And when I got there, it was not the beautiful lagoon that was promised to me at the end of the journey that got me Mm. there. It was this small steps. It was just looking at that rock, looking at that flower, looking at that branch and taking one step at a time got me there. And I was like, that's how I'm going to rebuild my life and my relationship with self.
0: One step at a time. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that. First of all, everyone should know that your full face makeup is fire uh, and should not be discounted. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, you you said something and it was that it was a betrayal to yourself to show up and not trust yourself and being fragmented. And I, I just need to repeat that because I feel like I've experienced that and I feel like so many women out there do the same. Where we show up at work, and we're only that executive, are only that specific VP, and at home we're only mom, or only wife, or you know, insert life role here. We're not necessarily allowing ourselves to show up in the way that we we truly want to, and ultimately, it's a betrayal of ourselves, and really no one else. It's it's on us. Um, I have all types of light bulbs going on right now, but that really that really landed on me. Um, yeah, I'm just processing. I think that's so, that's so deep. Um, and for the people who are listening may not be able to hike, uh, in Peru tomorrow when they hear this, but, but commit to yourself to climb whatever imaginary mountain you're on right now, right? Like do it for you. Stand up and be your full self for you, not for anybody else. Uh, Yeah, those are my two cents.
1: That's so good, Hannah. Beautiful. That's (laughs) beautifully said. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, what I realized on my way as I was going to the Laguna Umantai, the Umantai Lagoon, was you know, would I have climbed with this fervor if I wasn't promised a beautiful view at the end? And maybe I wouldn't have started the journey if I wasn't promised that beautiful lagoon. But as I was walking and in the journey, I realized I couldn't care less if there was a lagoon or not at the end. I realized that the beautiful things that I am grateful for were those micro moments, like being able to feel that breeze in my face, you know, being able to see that beautiful yellow flower that was blossoming among all of the donkey poop, you know, because you could actually (laughs) choose to go up there in a horse or a donkey. But I was like, no,
0: no, I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do it. And,
1: you know, the guide was like, I don't know if you're going to make it. Like he asked me like 20 times if I wanted the horsey to go up. And I was like, no, I got this. I got this that's so Um, funny and so you know whatever mountain we're climbing in life i think sometimes we're just so overwhelmed by like the end destination and one thing i learned is it's all about the micro actions and the micro moments like it's that pebble that i'm walking towards it's that yellow flower and just having the faith that at the end of the day it doesn't matter if there's a beautiful lagoon at the end like i have the memory of enjoying that pebble that flower that branch along the way
0: yeah oh that's so perfect I I would say it's also just really nice to get to know yourself and to heal yourself like that journey is to me far more worth it when I'm like doing this work right like yes the lagoon is beautiful but I've learned so much about myself and how to heal and connect with my ancestors. Like you said, it's it's the pebble, it's the flower, it's the discovery of the things that I quite frankly didn't know about myself. Um, that's made this one thousand percent worth it.
1: So beautiful.
0: Thank you. Oh, I feel very philosophical today after this. <laughs> I want to know. What is it that you wish you knew before navigating your healing journey and like really owning your identities and affirming yourself? What do you what do you feel like you wish you knew? Because it sounds like at home you had a wonderful, encouraging environment, you know, to be able to thrive and love yourself. What are some of the things that you wish you would have known about the world and how to navigate it?
1: Yeah, I think um, I had this notion that I had to. I had to find the way by myself. Um, You know, like healing is this solo journey. And in some cases, yes, because I'm the only expert in my own lived experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was able to heal the most was when I asked for help. Um, I was able to learn from others. I was able to see myself reflected in the stories of others. Uh, When I saw other people modeling how they found ways of healing what they were going through and what I wish I knew at the beginning is that I'm not alone in this journey and that oftentimes like you know like it seems like my healing came from climbing that mountain but it wasn't right like if I could hike that mountain alongside of other people that are also in that journey I wonder what kind of experiences I could have lived as well. Mm. Um, And that really shaped what I chose to do after I had that moment of reconnection with myself where I could say like, when I say something about myself now, I can believe myself. So when I say I love myself, I can believe it because when I said I was going to climb it, I did. So Mm. once I reconnected with myself, I realized all of these other women's story came to my life. Um, so I, I continued to travel. I met incredible, you know, artisan entrepreneurs uh, in the pueblos of Chinchero. I met incredible artists, you know, the first Mije Soprano in Mexico. Like I met all these incredible stories that were puzzle pieces I didn't even know I needed in order to find other corners of my being that was asking for healing.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: I love that. Can you tell us a little bit
0: about Mujeres del Futuro? I feel like people just need to know.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that uh, was born from that journey and the stories of women that I was so fortunate to listen and learn from was that a lot of mujeres felt alone, like, you know, Mm -hmm. they were starting their entrepreneurial career and maybe they didn't have the support from their closest loved ones, or they wanted to create a new pathway, a new career that was never seen in their family, but they saw it as a possibility and a vision. Um, I saw mothers that, you know, like celebrated their motherhood, but also continue to wanting to discover who they are as a mujer. Right. Um, And their stories really touched me. And one thread that was resonating throughout all of the stories I got to hear from women all around the world was, we need a safe space where we can try these things on. Uh, We can experiment we can practice and be supported and loved in our healing journey away from judgment and criticism or the need to do it right or perfectly so I said well what can I do and they said well I don't know but could you create a community and I just put a post on social media and said hey are there women that are interested in co-creating a safe space and 30 women responded immediately in less than 24 hours. So I sat down with them and I listened to every single one of their stories. And I said, okay, well, why... I'm just going to create a group. As I said, why don't I create a Facebook group called Mujeres de Futuro, where we really can envision a future where there's a safe space where we support each other to live at our maximum potential as leaders that transform the future? And women said, yeah, we're on board. And since then, now we're a community of over 3,000 women in over 150 cities around the world. Wow. And there is a safe space where we can try on vulnerability, courage, and it just just try on how we want to heal and grow. And I thought I was creating this space so women could have that safe space. And what was surprising to me is that in hearing their stories, their own adventures of healing and growth, I found other areas of my life that needed healing. So all of a sudden, I found myself in this beautiful, safe space where we were co-creating collective healing. um Ooh, and we oh, were able to embrace each other.
0: Say that again. She said, <laughs> "Co-creating collective healing." I, I just, I love that. That's amazing. I, you know, I, a lot of times. You know, especially, I'm going to speak for myself. When I fall into depression, I I tend to disassociate and isolate. I wish I had the ability to lean into collective healing in those moments. Because it sounds like you all have just something so beautiful. And it should be shared everywhere.
1: (laughs) Yes. And, you know, it takes a lot of uh, courage, vulnerability for You know, people just and it's on social media. So, a lot of people that first join Mujeres del Futuro are somewhat skeptical. It's like, you know, I've been on social media for years. Is it really possible for me to feel safe? And I think as a community, we have created a language of collective safety and collective healing where Mm -hmm. we simply want to sit next to you. Uh, and embrace you as you're going on your own journey. Um, People are not giving opinions, right? Sharing how they did it. And we've, in a way, culturally and socially normed how we choose to engage and interact with each other in this uh, virtual space. And so we envision ourselves as just sitting around the fire and listening to the healing journey that you're going on. We are not there to fix it, solve it, prescribe, give solutions. We're simply there to sit with you as a fellow soul um, and embrace you and just create that space.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much. What would you What would you tell the other women who are listening, La mujeres, who may be going through something
1: similar that you have? What's your message for them? I think my message would be that We don't have to heal alone. It is an individual, uh, internal, inward journey, but we can do it embraced in a beautiful, safe co-created collective space of healing. Oftentimes, you know, when we talk about healing, maybe some imagery that could come up is me sitting in a couch, right, and lying down and telling what I'm going through. And that is absolutely valid. But I also want to add this other possibility where I can be gathered around the fire, embraced by other women that are on their own journey, and I can heal in a beautiful, safe co-create a collective setting.
0: Yes. That's it. That's it. That's the episode. That and we need is- you, and <laughs> we need you, because that
1: that safe space these c- will continue to grow, and it's your presence and your healing and your stories that will continue to enrich it. So we are waiting to hear from you, learn from you, so this community is ready to embrace and hug you in your journey.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Hannah Teresa, for just being here, for doing what you do, for showing up. I mean, your energy is just radiant and I just wish that everybody got a little bit of it. Uh, Hopefully they got some of it in this episode. Thank you so much for this conversation. I am so grateful for you.
1: Thank you so much for creating this beautiful space of sharing and for inviting us to be courageous and vulnerable and share our stories. I really appreciate and I'm very grateful for you.
0: Thank you. All right, everybody, that's been another episode of Sasson y Corazon. I am hoping that this gave you a little bit of hope. And you know that there are other women out here trying to heal and trying to do this too. So feel free to join us. Um and yeah, go go believe in yourself. Stop betraying yourself. Um that's it, y'all. We'll see y'all on the next one.